Peace be upon you. So last week we asked the question, why would God, being most gracious, most merciful, and all-knowing, create such an entity like Satan, who he knew was going to defy him and cause so much pain and misery to so many multitudes of people? And if you haven't checked out that episode, God willing, it's worth uh, checking out before we dive into this topic. So the question for this week is, why would the most gracious send anyone to hell? Hell being full of misery and frustration and just like pain and agony um, and torture. Why would the most gracious create an entity that again, at the end of the day, what's going to happen is this entity is going to spend all of eternity in hell. So inshallah, we're going to try our best to answer that question. And um, it's worth contemplating what is hell. Hell by definition is the absence of God. Just like evil is the absence of goodness or darkness is the absence of light or coldness is the absence of heat. Hell by definition is the absence of God. So currently there are seven universes and earth is in the innermost of these seven universes. God says that on the day of resurrection, it's going to create an eighth universe that's going to be even physically further away from God. And we read this in chapter 69, verse 13 through 18. It reads, when the horn is blown once, the earth and the mountain will be carried off and crushed, utterly crushed. That is the day when the inevitable event will come to pass. The heaven will crack and fall apart. The angels will be all around and your Lord's dominion will then encompass eight universes. On that day, you will be exposed. Nothing of you can be hidden. And in the footnote, it reads, the earth is full of misery because of its physical distance from God, since it is the seventh universe. In the hereafter, the eighth universe will be created that will be even further than our seventh universe. It will be called hell. And in 89.21 it reads, Indeed, when the earth is crushed, utterly crushed, and your Lord comes together with the angels in row after row, on that day Gehenna will be brought forth. On that day the human being will remember, but what a remembrance, it will be too late. He will say, Oh, I wish I prepared for my eternal life. So let's put this into perspective. We have seven universes. You can think of them in the sense of an onion. And we live in the innermost universe. And when the Big Bang took place, Space and time all exploded into existence. And at the edge of the universe is the horizon. And that's where you basically partition from the first universe to the second universe and on. The paradise where Adam and Eve lived is physically closer to God. It's in the uh, first universe. And we read this in the Quran when it, uh, Muhammad was taken up to uh, uh, the high heaven to get the Quran. It reads, let me go to it really quick, chapter 53. It says, in the name of God, most gracious, most merciful, as the stars fell away. So this is, you know, you you ever watch uh, Star Trek or Star Wars when they go into warp speed and you see the uh, stars flying away from them. It's the same thing. It says, as the stars fell away, your friend Muhammad was not astray, nor was he deceived, nor was he speaking out of a personal desire. It was divine inspiration dictated by the most powerful possessor of all authority from his highest height at the highest horizon he drew near by moving down until he god became as close as possible he then revealed to his servant what was to be revealed the mind never made up what it saw are you doubting what he saw he saw him in another descent at the ultimate point where the eternal paradise is located so the reason we have so much misery and frustration in this world is because we are physically further away from god and when hell is created, it's going to be even further away than this. And hell, by definition, again, is the absence of God. And on the contrary, God does not send any single soul to hell. People insist upon going to hell. And God gives 
everyone, every excuse to believe, every reason to believe, but people are so persistent that they don't want to believe. And God doesn't shy away from telling them exactly just how absolutely bad hell is. And in 1829, uh, the subtitles, Absolute Freedom of Religion, proclaim, This is the truth from your Lord, and whoever wills, let him believe, and whoever wills, let him disbelieve. We have prepared for the transgressors a fire that will completely surround them. When they scream for help, they'll be given a liquid like concentrated acid that scalds the faces. What a miserable drink, what a miserable destiny. Now, God does not shy away from telling people just how bad hell is. Um, and he's telling people you have a freedom to choose if you want to go to hell or not, if you want to believe in it or not. God has um, uh, no kind of like saying this matter in the sense that it's ultimately our choice. When we were offered the freedom of responsibility, the freedom of choice, we chose to take it. And with that choice comes responsibility. And God gives us so many excuses, so many reasons, so many uh, lifelines to come back into his kingdom. But the people who choose to go to hell have no one to blame but themselves. And God does not shy away from telling people just how bad hell is. In 22.19 it reads, Here are two parties feeding with regard to their Lord. As for those who disbelieve, they will have clothes of fire tailored for them. Hellish liquid will be poured on top of their heads. It will cause their insides to melt as well as their skins. They'll be confined in iron pots. Whenever they try to exit such misery, they'll be forced back in. Taste the agony of burning. In the footnote it reads, People who have insisted upon going to hell will inevitably complain, had we known how bad this is, we would have behaved differently. They will be told that the horrors of hell have been pointed out to them in the most graphic, though symbolic terms. It should be noted that heaven and hell are almost invariably mentioned together in the Quran. So God is giving us so many examples of just how terrible hell is. And God tells us in the Quran, in um, 226 that he does not shy away from citing any kind of allegory now someone would say you know why would god create hell and again hell is the absence of god those who don't develop and nurture their soul during this life what happens is when god and his angels come they will be fleeing away because they cannot stand the physical presence of god god's power is so immense so tremendous that these people will flee further away from God. And as the farther away they go from God, the more misery and pain and frustration they feel. Now, this isn't mean that we can blame God, right? Again, this is hell is the absence of God. God gives us the example of things that he's created for our good. But if we choose to use it for our harm, it's at our own detriment. Take fire, for example. You know, fire is used to do all these amazing things. It's such a blessing. You can cook food, stay warm, uh, use it to harness energy. Uh, but also I can decide to stick my hand in the fire. If I choose to put my hand in a fire, I can't blame God for that. I made that choice and God created the fire for good. But if I choose to use it to, to be destructive, that's at my own uh, merit. Now take this example, for instance. If you go to a doctor's office and let's say, you know, you go for a checkup and you've completely lived an unhealthy life, no exercise, you eat junk food, uh, eat tons of calories, tons of sweets, all this, you know, uh, terrible stuff. And the doctor is being upfront with you and he tells you or she tells you, she says, hey, if you continue doing this, not only are you going to gain weight, you're going to have excessive damage to your body that may not be repairable. If you get type 2 diabetes, it might get to the point where they might have to amputate your feet and, uh, you know, you have to take daily insulin and do injections and dialysis and all this stuff. 
And you think, no one's going to go and hear this from the doctor and say, what a jerk that doctor is. How dare she tell me these things? And it's the same thing with God in hell. God is telling us, he says, look, this is your final chance. We had numerous chances. We see the example of Adam and Eve in paradise. We were among God's creatures, and we chose to come down here. And this is our last chance to make it back into God's kingdom. Now, if we defy what God is telling us about just how terrible, how absolutely agonizing hell is, and we say, you know, I don't want to live by those laws, I don't want to do these things, then there's going to be consequences, just like with our physical bodies. If we neglect them, if we don't eat right, if we don't sleep right, if we don't exercise, reduce stress, do these things for a healthy lifestyle, there's going to be consequences, and there's no one to blame except ourselves. And um, we see that, you know, God doesn't tell us to do these things. Because he needs our prayers or he needs us to be righteous. God is doing us a service by letting us know how the soul, the real self functions and what it needs to survive. Just like a doctor or a nutritionist will tell you, hey, these are the foods you need to eat. These are the ones you need to avoid. It's not because they have a self-interest in you eating well and exercising and being healthy. They're telling you this as a fact. Now, God created the laws of this universe. God created our soul, our souls are the breath of God created this. And God is telling us exactly what we need to do to keep this soul alive, to keep this soul thriving, to grow, to prosper. It's saying, do your contact prayers, absolve of all forms of idol worship. And if you choose not to, it's no you have no one to blame other than yourself, right? God is telling us for our own good, this is what we need to do. And, um, God tells us in 9.1.15, says, God does not send any people astray after he had guided them without first pointing out for them what to expect. God is fully aware of all things. And um, in 74.32, it says, absolutely, I swear by the moon and the night as it passes and the morning as it shines. This is one of the great miracles, a warning to the human race. So God sent down this Quran, gave us this warning because it's the last chance we have in this life to save our souls. And again, God doesn't need it. God doesn't need our prayers. It's indifferent to God if we make it to heaven or hell. God tells us in 51:56, it says, I do not create the jinns and the humans except to worship me alone. I need no provisions from them, nor do I need them to feed me. In 39, 7, it says, if you disbelieve, God does not need anyone, but he dislikes to see his servants make the wrong decision. If you decide to be appreciative, he's pleased for you. No soul bears the sins of any other soul. Ultimately, to your Lord is your return. Then he will inform you of everything you had done. He is fully aware of your innermost thoughts. And in 4066, I say, I have been enjoined from worshiping the idols you worship beside God. When the clear revelations came to me from my Lord, I was commanded to be to submit to the Lord of the universe. So God is telling us for our own good that he sent down to us this Quran that's numerically, mathematically composed so we can validate every letter and every word of it is from our creator. It's telling us instructions for our life to how to lead a righteous life, how to make it back into God's kingdom, how to save ourselves from going to hell. No different than when someone gets, you know, nutrition tips from a uh, a trainer or a, a doctor, uh, a, a nutritionist. And if they choose to defy that, they say, no, you know what? I'm just going to eat junk food. I'm not going to exercise. I'm going to be lazy and uh, I'm going to leave, uh, live a very stressful life, smoke cigarettes, do drugs, whatever. You can't blame the doctor. You can't blame the nutritionist for telling you the consequences of your actions. 
Again, God created this universe. God controls every single atom. And we opted in for this freedom of choice. We said we want to choose for ourselves if we choose to be in God's kingdom or not. And it's a dumb choice, but it's something that we opted into. And if you think that's not possible, think of this. God is telling us, you know, the more responsibility we have, the more influence, power, money, the more we're responsible for. In the sense that the bar is set a lot higher for someone who's rich, who's uh, well-connected, influential, intelligent. Uh, but no one would ever pray and say, you know what, God, make me less intelligent, make me less wealthy. And it goes to show that, you know, though we aim for these things, we aim to shoot high, it comes with a price. And we wanted to have that freedom of choice. We wanted that responsibility. We wanted to shoot high. But again, if we do it and we fail, we fail in this life, the consequences are very, very dire. And that is the absence of God, the fact that we will not be able to withstand the physical presence of God on the day of judgment because we didn't grow and develop our souls. We'll be fleeing from God and going to hell. You know, God willing, God protects us. God allows us to make the right choices, allows us to basically uh, absolve from any sin, to be absolutely just uh, repulsed by any kind of sin or unrighteousness and just be drawn to being righteous, to being kind, compassionate. And God willing, we pray that we stay in God's kingdom, that we do the things that uh, please him, that we absolve from any forms of idol worship. Uh, inshallah, we're going to end there. If you guys got comments or questions, hit us up at crontalk at gmail.com. And um, don't hesitate, you know, send us uh, some suggestions if there's topics you want us to cover. And until next time, peace and God bless.